I'm Brent Musburger. This is your home for the Brian Hanks Show and the VSIN Sports Network. Bet on the Bull, WRNF's Kinston. And welcome to Hour 2 of the Brian Hanks Show, presented by Lenore Community College. Today is Friday, February the 16th in the year of the Lord 2024. This is episode 1025-1025. Of the Brian Hanks Show, uh, if you if you missed our first hour today, and uh, our folks down in uh, New Bern and Greenville uh, did on uh, two five two Fox Sports Radio, he's only carrying one hour of my show now. What? In yeah, the heck, Mark. Well, uh, Mark, we still love you. Though you're going to have to pick which hour is your favorite today because there's that's a what I do. That's yeah. what I do uh, every day, and it's going to be this hour right here. Okay, it, hour but two. you, if you missed the first hour of the show today, you can either go to brianhanks.com. <laughs> you go to brianhanks.com. You can uh, listen at 3 o'clock here on 960 Bet on the Bull. Or, uh, ha- or uh, like I said, the easiest way, though, dude, oh, please do not drop for your laptop. I won't. I won't. Hand me, you, that, hand me that water over here, too. Can you give me, like, the five-second rundown on Isaac Parsons? He's he's playing basketball for Winston-Salem. Winston-Salem correct? State University. Went to Kinston High School. Went to Kinston High School. Preseason CIAA. Uh, preseason CIAA, he, uh, uh, has been the HBCU, uh, five, two, two, uh-oh. six, eight, eight, five. That's not a good sign. Did He's, I just put his radio, did I just put his phone in. number you out? You did. He is snowed in at the moment, but nobody, <laughs> nobody heard the area code. So yeah, good, good, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let me uh, text him here. Went to voice <laughs> beauty of live mail. radio. Oh, it is, man. It, it Isaac totally Parsons is. sending us to voicemail on a Friday morning. Well, he probably, in his defense, he might be a little bit cold up there in Indianapolis, dealing with all that snow this morning. There you go. Well, uh, hopefully, we'll get him here in the next few minutes. But just uh, your your uh, Isaac Parsons lesson, uh, if you don't know him mm-hmm. that well, uh, one of the best point guards ever come through Kenson High School was a starting point guard at. Kenson, his last three years there, uh, and then uh, had a, he had three or four schools to choose from. He decided on Winston-Salem State uh, and has been a star there. Now, the first year was the uh, pandemic year, so he didn't play a okay. whole lot that so, year. So he graduated from Kenston in 2020, 2019, 2020? I, I guess it would be 2019. So. Yeah, it would have been. If his first year – Playing basketball was the pandemic year. Then yeah, yeah he probably graduated in twenty nineteen. There you go. So uh, anyway, math math is hard. It is. Uh, but uh, got to Winston State, dude, and has been a starter there the last three years. Uh, was all CIAA last year. Led the Rams to the uh, CIAA championship. I think their first championship in thirty years or something like that. He wow. led them to that last year. Again, already this year, dude. He has been nation nationally the national HBCU. Uh, uh, player of the week. Uh, he's done that one time this year. He's been the CIAA Player of the Week one uh, week this year. Just an amazing young man, dude. And on top of all that, too, he's a, just a natural leader. Uh, I know I was talking to his pops last night and to uh, Takima, and uh, there are a lot of NBA scouts there this weekend. They've been to their practices so far. I guess they're going to be at their practices right now. Uh, so, anyway, let, let's try him again here one more time. Uh, da, 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 the miracle of uh, of live radio, man. It's amazing, isn't it? And now we wait. Dun dun dun. Da, 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 da. Ah, there we go. Uh, we've got yeah, IP, man. It is. Uh, it's Friday, so you know what that means. It's TGIF with IP. This is a very 
Very special edition of it, though, because uh, we've got uh, IP live from Indianapolis. And uh, if you need to go, let me know when you need to go, because I know you, you're on your way to practice right now. You're on the bus, right? Yes, sir. I'm on the bus. That is already already had a team breakfast. What's what's the last couple of days been like for you? Uh, not and let's not even talk about basketball yet. We're getting getting ready to talk about the big win against Claflin last Saturday, and then the big win against Fayetteville State on Tuesday. But just from a, a student athlete point of view, and just you know a traveling point of view, what have the last couple of days been like for you, IP? Uh, you know, we've just been ripping and running. <laughs> Been on the plane, and we went straight to practice. We got introduced to Jeff T, and we've been getting a lot of gear since we got here. So you know, it's just a blessing. Oh, that's we awesome! Appreciate it for sure. Oh, if you happen to get any two X stuff, uh, think. Remember your boy Hanks, okay? Always lobbying, you, for, always lobbying for some free stuff. <laughs> <laughs> there you is, go. Uh, how, is it is it snowing up there yet? Nah, it's not snowing yet, but I think it is supposed to snow today. That's hey. that's what they say, and Brian's getting ready to get on his flight and head up there. And I, uh, yeah. I'm not I'm not saying that I'm pulling for him to get snowed in. <laughs> that wouldn't be the worst thing. That is good, man. What an experience this weekend! I tell you what, uh, that will tease that because we've got the HBCU uh, Classic. It's going to be uh, tomorrow at two o'clock. You're going to be taking on Virginia Union University, dude. Last week was a little bit tough. You know, when we had you here, uh, you were coming off a couple of really close, really tough losses. Man, I love talking to you after wins, and you had a couple of big wins this past week, including you hitting the game winner against Claflin University, the buzzer beater, to beat Claflin 63-61 to last Saturday. Set that one up for us, IP. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, Claflin was senior night. Um, you know, all my folks came down uh, to the play. Uh, it was a big game for us, uh, being that we lost to them by 20 uh, last time we played them um, at their place. So, um, yeah, I feel like those close losses from last week um, helped us prepare us uh, for the game against Classwood. What What is that so like? We no, go ahead. Please continue. No, go ahead. I'm listening. No, 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 no. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No. As someone who played basketball but never – nowhere, not even an iota towards the uh, area you did, I never had that opportunity to, to hit that game winner. I never, you know, hit like I said, hit the game winner and have everybody celebrate. I got to ask, man, what what is that like? I mean, tangibly, what is that like when you take that shot, you hit the game winner, your your uh, teammates surround you, you're all celebrating? What does that feel like? What is that like, IP? Um, you know, it's a, it's a good feeling. You know, uh, I just I just wanted to win. So it's a good feeling, but it's an even better feeling when you know you're gonna hit the shot because it's something like you work on every morning, like before practice before breakfast, before anybody even up yet. So, yeah, I just got the ball and got to my spot. Dude, I, I've said this before. Uh, I don't know if I've said it with you on the air with me, but I remember those days at the Woodman uh, being out there, me working out, and then looking down there on the court, and there you are with your pops out there taking shots. And we should let people know this wasn't at 9 and 9.30 in the morning. This was when the gym opened at 5 o'clock, at 5 a.m. and 5.15 and 5.30 
I mean, it's got to just make you feel good. All that hard work you put in, and it culminates in, uh, well, heck, in a CIAA championship last year and three East Central 2A championships when you're at Kinston High School and then in a game winner against Claflin last week. Yes, sir. That's amazing. Fayetteville State on Tuesday. You guys win. Now, here's what got me. You lost to Fayetteville State earlier this year. In fact, only back on January 27th, another. It was a close loss, a 61-58 to loss. Man, <laughs> there was nothing close about uh, Tuesday's win against the Broncos of Fayetteville State. 75-50 to IP. Any idea that you got – I mean, I know you're confident, and you're one of the most confident young men I know. You know when you go out on the court, you expect to win every time. But if I had told you when we talked a week ago at this time that, hey, you're going to win Saturday uh, – or, I mean, I'm sorry, Tuesday, 75-50, to 50, what would you have said to me, dude? I mean, I believe it because it's just the work that we put in. And if we follow the scout and – play the type of basketball that we came for playing, playing together and execute our defense. Uh, it's no telling what we could do. Well, what, you got to tell me this, dude. What were the keys to that victory? I mean, again, 75-50 to 50 against uh, one of your arch rivals in uh, Fayetteville State. What were the what were the keys to that win? Um, the keys to the win were, you know, KYP, you know, your personnel, and then, shoot, just winning the last game at the crib. Like, we knew we should have won last time. We were up by six for like four minutes to go, and we kind of like just died down. So this time, you know, we were we were hyped and ready to play. So, yes, sir. What was the crowd like? I can't imagine. I mean, again, it's a Tuesday, so it's not, you know, a Saturday when people are there four and five hours early to uh, get in. But well, what are the crowds like on Tuesday? And specifically, what was that crowd like against Fayetteville State on Tuesday? Uh, the crowd on Tuesday, it was a pretty good crowd. Um, the girls didn't play. It was just one game. So, I mean, it was still kind of deep. Um, the band was there. Famous State uh, fans were there. So, um, it was a good crowd. It was definitely uh, still deep. How much fun is it to win against uh, against your arch rival in the Broncos? Uh, it's a lot of fun, man, especially <laughs> being by, by that big of a margin. That is crazy. Well, I tell you what, that leads us up to uh, tomorrow. And you're going to have a nice little contingent of uh, Eastern North Carolina fans that are going to be there, including myself. I am so excited uh, to be there. I'll be jumping on the plane here, and goodness gracious, in less than – in fact, I've, my flight leaves in less than four hours from right now as we're talking, IP. Uh, well, first off, before we even break down the game and scouting and all that, dude, uh, what does it mean to you ha- to have the kind of support? And you know you do, man. Uh, you and Jeremy and Amaji, you have a lot of support here from Eastern North Carolina. What does that mean to you? Um, the support that I get from East Carolina means a lot. Um, you know, uh, like they say, the two five travel, um, love. Um, when they see you doing good things, they just want to support it. And even if you're not, you know what I'm saying, doing good things, they still um, support you um, throughout the process. So, and, it, and it helps me get you to uh, play hard on the court as well. Well, very good. Well, uh, give me a scouting report tomorrow, Virginia Union, two o'clock, and we should let everybody know. Uh, if you're not lucky enough, like myself, to be able to go up and uh, watch IP and uh, Jeremy and Amaji and Winston Salem State, you can watch it on one of three TV networks tomorrow at two o'clock. You can watch it on 
NBA TV. You can watch it on ESPN2. You can also watch it on TNT. Uh, scouting report. Tell, I know you've already played Virginia Union this year. Uh, you beat them uh, all the way back in November. Uh, how, how do they look as compared to uh, when you played them earlier this year? Um, it was a little bit different. They don't got the uh, same starters. Um, I mean, it's kind of the same scout, you know, just knowing your personnel. Uh, they're a tough known team, so we got to box out. Can't allow offensive rebounds. Um, you know, they're going to play 2 3 and 2 2 1. So we just got to execute the 2 3 and then beat the 2 2 1 first. So as long as we uh, follow the scout, we should come out with a win. Well, very good. Well, listen, uh, like I've said, I've, I've been talking about it all week. I, I, and I talked to you last night on the phone, man. I am so pumped for this. I am so excited for this. Uh, I can't wait to talk to you next week here on uh, TGIF with IP about what the whole experience ended up being like and all that. So, uh, uh, dude, just soak it in, man. You deserve it. Again, you've worked your tail off to get to this point. You're going to be on three national networks on uh, on uh, tomorrow on Saturday. And like I said, man, you just go ahead and count on it. Next week's TGIF with IP is just going to be talking about this whole weekend experience, okay? Yes, sir. Listen, no, TGIF with IP. IP, thank you so much, dude, and uh, we will talk to you next week. I'll see you tomorrow, okay? All right, see you tomorrow. There you go. That's uh, Isaac Parson from Winston-Salem State University, and what a great young man, dude. And, again, I wasn't exaggerating when I I said that. When I was working back when I used to work out, uh, (laughs) dude, and this is back in when he was in high school. Yeah. His dad would have him out there at the Woodman Center or the Kensett Community Center, I guess is what I should call it, which is what it is, the official name of it is now. And, uh, dude, I would get out there at 5.15, 5 a.m., 5.15. Guess who's down? The only people that are down on the court taking jump shots and free throws and doing drills and all that? Isaac Parson and his little brother, uh, Isaiah Parson, with her dad, Tad. I mean, just it's good when you see good things happen to good people, you know? It is. It is. I, I'm going to ask you a question real quick because you've you've got my my curiosity up. Okay. It, do you have a connecting flight, or are you yes. flying straight to Indian? Okay. Oh, no, right. Baltimore. Because, actually, okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I was I was just you sorry. Poked him in the eye. With your mic. I'm, I'm looking at the the departures from RDU today, and I wasn't seeing any flights to Indianapolis. And yeah, like, no, oh, no, no, no. It, it connects. Did he book the wrong date? Is he going to the wrong? Is he going to San Juan? That. That's a that's a I wouldn't that's mind a, that, right? Yeah. There's no, I, that happen. Well, dude, I know on my flight back, we connect through uh uh my or uh, uh what do you call it? Uh you just uh, said layover? Connection. Layover, thank you. Is Atlanta. Guess what's at the Atlanta airport? Uh, Varsity <laughs> hot dogs. Don't be late for your flight. Well, it's I've only got an hour between uh my flights. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> I know, I know you're carrying a lot of shoes, and that might slow you down. So Yeah, I guess we're going to talk about that here in a moment with uh, Alex Hayden yeah. as uh, we're going to get him up here on the line with us. I, so, pro- I promised Linda I would ask this question. So oh, dear defi- Lord. Definitely going to ask him. That That's going to be awesome. But, uh, but again, uh, TJF with IP, really appreciate uh, Isaac joining us, uh, as he does every Friday here on the Brian Hanks Show. Uh, and again, I just can't wait. I can already tell you, next week's edition with him is going to be, uh, as we've done all season, it's our NIL thing that we do with him. Uh, but next week's going to be, the whole thing is going to be uh, HBCU uh, weekend at the All-Star Game. Nice. Man, one of the absolute 
great guys on the line with us right now with Paul Whittington and myself. Hey, how about this, Alex? We just talked to someone from Indianapolis at uh, the All-Star Game. Now, the great Alex Hayden joining us from Daytona. Thank you so much for uh, taking time out of your crazy, crazy busy schedule this week to talk to Paul and I today, Alex. No, I appreciate it as always. Thank you guys for having me on the show. And, and look, I know that, that NASCAR is a niche sport, somewhat like golf or tennis or whatever the case may be, but it's a big weekend in the sports landscape, especially up in Indianapolis with what's going on with the All-Star Weekend. But thanks so much for taking time to talk some NASCAR racing. Well, I want to start on a non-NASCAR note if we can. Because <laughs> oh, no, oh, I no. promised my mom I would ask this question. You're you're a professional traveler at this point with all the all the races that, that you go to and stuff throughout the year. All set, when it's all said and done, you'll have been down in Daytona for about a week. Brian's getting ready to get on an airplane and fly to Indianapolis for, for 44 hours. <laughs> Alex, he packed seven pairs of shoes. I'm just curious, for your week-long trip to Daytona, how many pairs of shoes did you pack? Um, I, I, I'll be completely transparent. I have four pairs of shoes packed, but there's a caveat. There's an asterisk. Whatever you want to put with it, I have bought three more pairs since I've been down here because I knew I was going to buy them. Uh, yeah, I knew I was going to buy them once I got down here. Uh, so it, it's, it's insane. That's part of it. Look, you, you got to have a good game. You got to have a good shoe game. You, That's you right. do. That's just part of it. Alex, you know what I appreciate? And listen, we've got a limited time. We don't need to be talking about shoes the whole time, but I got to tell you this. Thank you. You put a big smile on my face. Yes, I'm taking seven <laughs> pairs of shoes in two days, but we're going to like five different events over the two days that I'm there. And dude, tell them, tell them, Alex, you can't wear the same pair of shoes to these events, can you? No, no, especially, you know, if you're going up for a family reunion, that's one thing. But if you're going up to be at a worldwide event, you got to be on your game. You, you absolutely do. So I'm with you. I, I'm from the Indianapolis area. I grew up there. I love that city. I love getting back there every year. So enjoy back there in my hometown. Well, that did not go how I thought it was going to go. But that's <laughs> I love okay. it. That's okay. <laughs> well, let's talk a little NASCAR. I want to start with the clash. Uh, it's starting to feel like we're, we're not going to be going back to the LA Coliseum in 2025. And, and there seems to be this growing contingent of drivers, uh, team personnel, fans, industry insiders like yourself uh, that maybe want to see the clash go back to Daytona. Uh, where, where do you see the clash heading next year and beyond? Well, I don't think it's going to go back to Daytona. There's some some folks in the media and podcast hosts and things of that nature that would love to see it in Daytona. The majority of the drivers do not want it back in Daytona wow. uh, because there's so much that's out of your control mm -hmm. to, to be able to win a race at Daytona. And it's stressful enough when you got to get ready for the Daytona 500, you're here for a full week anyway. Um, the, the thing about the clash is it's an exhibition race. It's a promotional race. It's an appetite type uh, appetizer or appetite wetter, however you want to phrase it. It's always been that. Uh, when it first started, it was only, what, 20-lap race. That's it for poll winners from the previous year. Get out there, just kind of get everybody uh, salivating for what's coming up next in the start of the Daytona 500 and kicking off the season. So I think there's some scuttlebutt out there that the the clash, I think, is is done in the L.A. Coliseum, which for me – is a bummer because that was a tremendous event. And a lot of the drivers loved it in the Coliseum. Some of the drivers hated it in the Coliseum, but those are the ones that didn't do well. Um, but, and that's typical. If you do well, you want to keep doing something at the same place. But I, I think with an exhibition race and an opportunity to showcase what NASCAR is, 
this is a golden opportunity to take it around to other places. Places, you know, how many times have you guys talked about it? Man, this track deserves a, a NASCAR race or a cup race. This track, they, I'd love to see him here. I'd love to see him there. Well, that's what this race kind of is taking a life on. Um, I, I think there's something that might get lost in all this is the Los Angeles market is the second largest market in the United States, in North America. We have to have a presence in Los Angeles because the people who, who sign checks are there, and, and that's an important place. So with Auto Club Speedway and their continuing development going from the two-mile track to what could be a half-mile racetrack, um, we're not going to be there. It's not going to be done next year. So what are we going to do to maintain a presence in, in Southern California? That is a huge question mark uh, that, that we have to address. I've asked the question. I've got some vague answers on that. But for the class itself, there's a demographic floating around the garage right now that says that race may be held outside of the United States next year. Whoa. Okay. That, that's something I haven't heard yet. So uh, i tell you what, if you don't mind, Alex, expound on that for a moment. And in Alex Hayden's perfect world, where would the clash be? I'm serious. Where would the clash be next year uh, in, the, in the world, according to Alex Hayden? Well, because it is a different race, this is not the same race it was when it started, when it was strictly pole winners. Okay, we, we know that. Things have changed. Every team that has a charter, which there's 36 of them, they are required to be at the clash. So that is, that's a big part of this now. Things have changed. Uh, and then I understand there's a lot of people that, that do not like change, but you know what? My paycheck has changed from 20 years ago too. And I'm okay with that. Um, the, the thing about it is there's think about what ran at the LA Coliseum with the NASCAR cup series just a couple of weeks back. And that was the NASCAR Mexico series. And I can tell you, there's a huge, uh, a, a Mexican, population of nascar fans that are out there there there's a quite a few people in the garage that think the clash will be in mexico next year um again that's strictly hearsay from the garage area and and a lot of times the garage is right a lot of times the garage is wrong you just never know but uh, i I do think it, it will be somewhere outside of the united states also understand when the clash falls on the calendar some people say well what about canada well, do you really want to go to Canada in <laughs> no, January? Nope. No. So you got to think about climate and where the race falls on the calendar as well. That can play into the to the equation huge. Uh, as far as in a perfect world where I'd like it to be, I'd like it to move around to go to different places. We have proven for three straight years that we can race inside of a football stadium. I wouldn't be surprised if it stayed in something like that. Uh, or went back to something like that. Depends on, you know, obviously what, what happens with the people who make those decisions. But I can tell you that there's a, there's a lot of interest to hold a NASCAR Cup Series race inside where the Dallas Cowboys play in, in Texas. Um, there's, there's some other football stadiums and folks that, that make those types of decisions that have those properties that want races. And this is a golden opportunity to do that. I can tell you, when, once the, the first year, three years ago, when we did this and pulled the clash off inside the L.A. Coliseum, which is iconic, two Olympics, all that's going on there, everything that's happened at the L.A. Coliseum, once it was pulled off and it was successful, the phone started ringing at NASCAR headquarters. 
Seattle called, hey, we got a great football stadium here. And, oh, by the way, we don't have any NASCAR racing here in the Northwest. Denver, Colorado called and said, you know what? You can do it. We can do it, too. And here's what we can do to make this event better. So the phone has been ringing. There's been some folks say, you know what? We could run a race and build a track inside Wembley Stadium in London. Uh, So there's a lot going on right now, and the phone has been ringing, which means there's a lot of interest in our sport, and that's a great thing. So where it ends up, I don't know, but I would like to see it move around and take our sport and showcase it, showcase our heroes, our drivers, to places who don't have the opportunity to get to a racetrack within three, four, five hours driving time. That voice you're listening to, if you are a motorsports fan, if you're a NASCAR fan, you instantly recognize it. And that's right, right here on the Brian Hank Show this morning, it's Alex Hayden. The other voice you've been hearing this morning, too, I got you'll like this, Alex. Since the last time you and I have talked here on the show with Paul, which we did during All-Star Weekend uh, in North Wilkesboro last year, how about Paul has become a daddy? So that little voice that you keep <laughs> hearing, that's his little boy, Levi, who uh, <laughs> who has his own little, somehow he got a Hendrick Motorsports onesie, okay? Oh, nice. <laughs> there you go. Very but, nice. See, if, if I don't buy him something like that, then Brian's going to end up buying him something with Ford on it. We just, we just can't have it in his house. <laughs> I know how you guys are. I love being at the racetrack when you guys are there. It's so much fun. But, hey, congratulations. Thank you. You know, when, when you, you have the type of career and the job that I do, there's some things you have to really make career and life-type decisions. And when you're on an airplane 130, 40 times a year and gone for 35 weekends out of the year, it's it just w- never fell in my place. Uh, so congratulations. I've never been a dad. Proud of you. Enjoy every single moment of it. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, we're going to get to the Daytona 500 in, in just a second, but I, I did want to ask, uh, you're, you're an anchorman for, for the Motor Racing Network, and one of your uh, performance racing network anchorman counterparts, Doug Rice, announced a couple of weeks ago, uh, at the end of this season, he's going to call it a career and hang up his microphone. Being on different networks, you two don't get to call races together, but Doug's certainly been around for a while. And I'm, I'm just curious what sort of impact uh, Doug Rice has had on your broadcasting career in NASCAR. Well, it, it, he's been a great friend. And this is my 28th year that, that I'm in NASCAR right now with the Motor Racing Network. And, and, and he's just been a wonderful friend. He's the, the type of guy that, even though we're personal friends, he's not afraid to critique. And vice versa, same. He, he demands me to critique him on occasion. So, you know, that's, that's just the type of relationship we have. It's a mutual respect. He's been in this sport 30-plus years. He's earned every right to do what he wants to do and how he wants to do it. But being with PRN, and, and if listeners don't quite understand the dynamic on the radio side of things in NASCAR, is, is MRN's owned by NASCAR. Since the France family, Performance Racing Network is owned by Marcus Smith. And, and which is just a, a different entity, covers their, their events. And they don't have the Daytona 500. They don't have a lot of other the races, just like we haven't called the, the 600 since PRN's been in existence. We have years gone by, but since PRN's been in existence, we have not. So the Daytona 500 has always been one that obviously is our biggest race. And he's never been able to put a headset on and, and call a lap in the great American race. And he, he was very kind and very gracious and, and asked permission to do it. You can't just do it. I mean, it, it's like saying, hey, yeah, I, I have a contract with the Indianapolis Colts, but you know what? The Chiefs are playing in the Super Bowl, biggest <laughs> biggest game of the year. I, can, I'm going to call the owner and ask him if I can go play. And it's the same type of thing. Uh, this is the biggest race of the year for the sport, 
But for us in blue, the MRN team, this is our biggest broadcast of the year as well. So how do we make this work? And a lot of people have always been under the false impression that PRN and MRN have been bitter allies, or, or not allies, but bitter rivals. But it, it's the furthest thing from the truth. We're allies and, and always have been. There hasn't been animosity. There never has. They wear red shirts at the racetrack. We wear blue <laughs> shirts at the racetrack. And, and that's kind of how we refer to it, the red shirts and the blue shirts. And, and it's going to be a privilege to have Doug come up. He's going to come up somewhere around lap 25 or so, and he's going to be with us 10, 15 laps up there. And we're going to have some fun with him. He, he came up to the booth last night, put a headset on during the blue-green vacation dual races just to get an idea. He's never been to the broadcast booth at Daytona. So he had to find it and then get up there and just basically take it all in. He was like a, a rookie. He had his camera out taking pictures of everything. So he's excited about it. We're excited to have him call a few laps with us. And, and it's great for him as he's wrapping up a 30-plus year career. Well, that's super cool. Uh, I, I didn't know he was going to get a chance to do that, uh, and, and that's awesome for him. And we'll definitely be listening uh, to, to the Motor Racing Network's call of uh, the Daytona 500 on Sunday. Uh, if, if you're a fan of Toyota racing, you were probably scratching your head after qualifying on Wednesday <laughs> uh, when the fastest Toyota, Eric Jones, was 22nd quickest. Uh, would you think it's safe to say after the blue, blue-green vacation duels last night the Toyotas are, ju- are going to be just fine on Sunday? <laughs> Yeah, look, we've all been in town all week, and I say all of us, that's you know, drivers, crew chiefs, teams, whatever. And I visited with a ton of drivers and a, and a ton of crew chiefs this week. And the Toyota ones all told me, uh, heck, they told me on Tuesday, we're not going to be very good in qualifying. If we're out there on the track by ourselves with nobody else, no draft, and we're not going to be very good. Don't get me wrong, they want to be. Everybody wants to be on the pole for the Daytona 500. But they just haven't reached that point yet. Toyota's never won a pole for the Daytona 500. So they, they just want to, to get the cars racing well, and, and that's what they do. So when qualifying took place, fastest Toyota was, what, 22nd, I believe it was. There are Toyota fans that might be kind of scratching their heads and then trying to figure out which balcony to go to on the beach side to jump off of. <laughs> just relax. Come down off the ledge. Toyota's going to race extremely well, and that's something we've talked about all, all week long especially yesterday in the broadcast, uh, given the fact that Toyota didn't qualify well on single car speed. Obviously, they get out in the race and they show that they are pretty doggone good. So uh, it wasn't a surprise that they didn't qualify well. It's certainly not a surprise that they raced extremely well. One of those Toyotas was was Jimmy Johnson. Uh, that, that team is has switched to Toyota. This is their first year with, with that manufacturer. And there was a scenario last night where, where he wasn't going to make the race and then he was able to race in in the duels. I think the answer to this question is probably no. But if if he doesn't get in, is is that maybe a case to bring back some sort of champion's provisional considering? No. You, fair enough. No. I'll stop you right there. No. That was quick. I, was, I love that. I have been against that rule since the get-go. That rule came into play when Daryl Waltrip, when he went to the Western Auto Car that he owned, that whole race team, and was awful. He was basically just hanging on at the back of his career and couldn't make a race. And I guess it was kind of NASCAR saying, hey, we got to have some respect for for a past champion that's still out here grinding and, and plugging along. Let's create this past champions thing. We created this rule for somebody to get in the race that wasn't fast enough to be in the race. Mm. And I think that's a problem. And, and so, no, I'm, I'm, a, I'm staunchly against that. I don't want anything to do with that. 
And I don't think Jimmy Johnson would want anything to do with that either. He's a competitor and wants to get in because he and his race team are good. He doesn't want to get in because somebody felt sorry for him. Sure. Uh, so, no, I, I, I am, I'm against that. There's a ton of people that are against that rule. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, and, and I guess he would be the only one that would use it because there's not really any past champions out there that are still climbing in a race car. Correct. Uh, but Joey Logano going to lead the field to the green flag on Sunday for the, yes, Daytona, sir. For the Daytona 500. Uh, <laughs> this race has not been won from the pole since 2000 when Dale Jarrett did it. Ford has won five of the last nine Daytona 500s, including the last three. Given Ford's recent success at Daytona, along with Roger Penske's recent ability to win pretty much everything on a big stage here lately, is this our best chance to break the drought of not being able to win from the pole? Yeah, it really is. And believe it or not, this is the first Daytona 500 poll for Roger Penske. You know, as much as he's done across the globe in motorsports, it's hard to find a first. And this was a first for Roger Penske to be on the poll for the Daytona 500. Yeah, you mentioned the race hasn't been won from the poll since 2000. To, to give that some perspective, I was doing a little bit of research on this. Ty Gibbs, who's in the race. Todd Gilliland, who's in the race. Carson Hosevar, who's in the race. They weren't even born the last time the pole winner won the Daytona 500. So, you know, I think this is easily the best chance that 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 dubious record can be broken. I think Logano and that entire team, Paul Wolf, the crew chief, they're as good as anybody in that garage area. But we all understand and we all know you got to survive this race. Heck, we, we saw in the dual races last night that were only 60 laps apiece. You got to survive those things, too. In dual race number one, you had a four-car crash over in turns three and four. Three of the four drivers involved in it were Daytona 500 champions in Ricky Stenhouse Jr., uh, Austin Dillon, and Jimmy Johnson. So it doesn't matter what your experience level is. you got to have some luck on your side here in Daytona. Well, we get out of here on this again. Alex Hayden, Motor Racing Network, joining us, uh, joining Paul and I this morning on the Brian Hanks Show. You knew the question is coming, Alex. Who you got? <laughs> who, who, who you picking for uh, this weekend at the 66th running of the Daytona 500? Uh, obviously, I think I think Joey Logano's got to be in the conversation. He's certainly uh, one of those drivers that's on my extremely short list as a favorite. Denny Hamlin, I spent some time with Denny earlier this week, just kind of one-on-one. And Denny told me point blank, I don't care what Toyota tells me. I don't care what the team orders are. I have to race this type of race the way I feel is necessary because of what I alluded to earlier, that there's so much out of your control. So you got to control what you can. Basically, Denny's saying, if Toyota tells me to stay in line with Toyota or drop out of line and go back and help some of the other Camrys that are at the back of the draft, he's not going to do it. Uh, and he proved it last night in his race. Toyota said, okay, we're going to pit on lap number 40. He did not. He pitted with the Fords by himself as the lone Toyota. So he's already made the statement and, and put his money where his mouth is that he's going to do what he feels is best for his chances to win. Denny Hamlin's a three-time Daytona 500 champion. I think he's in the conversation. And if you look at the last three 500 winners in Stenhouse and, and Austin Sendrick and Michael McDowell, this has been a race that's sort of gone to an underdog. So who might that be? Who might be the the new underdog to be in position to win. You know, that one's, to me, just a complete toss-up because those are the types of drivers that are just kind of hanging around and find themselves there at the end and just have luck smile on them. Um, but 
to answer your question, I've gone a long way <laughs> to the setup. Who I think is going to win is a driver who's faced adversity, and we've seen that happen a lot down here in Daytona, too. People come out on top that have faced some adversity. Going to a backup car after a hard crash last night, Ryan Blaney, our champion, is mad. And he's mad because he got right-reared again, head-on into the wall for the third time here at Daytona in a row. He's mad about that. And they're going to a backup car. I think that fire and that determination and his voice, because he's another one I, I sat down and just kind of BSed with for a little while earlier in the week. He said, now that I'm a champion, I feel like I have a voice. And, and the, the, the decision makers will listen to me. The other drivers will listen to me. Well, he was mad when he came out of the care center last night and said he's not going to put up with it anymore. I think Ryan Blaney breaks through and wins the Daytona 500. I love it. I absolutely love it. Listen, Alex Hayden, Motor Racing Network. Uh, dude, you're, you're just one of the good guys, man. I'll always, always, always be grateful for you for how good you were to uh, Paul and I at North Wilkesboro last, last year and just how generous you are with your time, dude. Thank you so much for joining Paul and I this morning. Have a fun call of the uh, of the Daytona 500. Hope to talk to you again soon, dude. Always a pleasure, guys. Thank you so much for having me on the show. And uh, if we get a chance to do it again later in the year, we can talk about the All-Star Race because there's some things that may be happening with that event too. So we'll talk about that and, and a lot of other things. Down East Wood Ducks baseball will be yes, out at sir. Granger Stadium mm-hmm. one last season. Uh, so I'll be out there hanging out. I love the 11 a.m. first pitch games that they have early in the year because uh, I'm that guy sitting out there, and if the sun's shining, you're going to see a lot of man skin getting sunburned. So, um, I love it. And also, go University of Mount Olive Trojans. You're the best. Alex, thank you so much, dude. Uh, have, a, have a great Thanks, weekend, guys. okay? I appreciate you guys very much. Thank you. There you go. That's Alex Hayden, uh, Motor Racing Network. Always generous with his time, dude. And I didn't want to uh, – hey, we love you, UNC Lenore Healthcare, but we had a limited time there, so I didn't want to do the read in the middle of that. But that interview, uh, Paul Whittington, was brought to you by UNC Lenore Healthcare, the exclusive sponsor of the big interview every day here on the Brian Hanks Show. Nestled in the heart of Lenore County right here in Kenston, UNC Lenore Healthcare's mission is to ensure exceptional health care for the people it serves. With a medical staff of more than 100 physicians, UNC Lenore Healthcare offers a range of specialty services and technology you would only expect to find at hospitals in larger cities visit unc lenore healthcare at 100 airport road right here in kinston for all your health care needs or call them at 252-522-7000 you can also email them at info at lenore.org or visit their comprehensive website at unc lenore.org i want to correct something i said uh i said that ford had won the last three uh reading reading is apparently hard for me they've won <laughs> two of the last three Chevrolet won it last year with Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and Chris Busher won the the fall Daytona okay. race. Uh, well, in, in uh, remind field. everybody what uh, make or what brand of car that Ryan Bl- Ryan Blaney drives. Uh, yeah, Alex Hayden just. Ford. I just wanted to make sure because I, I wasn't. I, I wanted to be clear that I asked a very thoughtful <laughs> question about Joey Logano. You did. You did. I got to give you credit for that for sure. Well, I tell you what. Why don't we do this? Why don't we get uh, John and Jonathan in here? They've made the trip all the way up here to Garner to do the birthday game. Uh, let's get them in here in the man cave. Let's play the birthday game. Then we'll come back, and you and I will wrap up the Friday, February 16th edition of the Brian Hanks Show right after that. It is Friday. It's finally Friday, February the 16th in the year of the Lord 2024. I'm on my way to Indianapolis, guys. Really? Yeah. Have we not talked about this? No. Have, we haven't? No. 
Oh, uh, yeah. My flight leaves today at noon from uh, RDU for Indianapolis, Indiana, where I will spend the next two days. Uh, Isaac Parson, who plays for Winston-Salem State, uh, they're playing in the HBCU Classic versus Virginia Union at uh, during all NBA All-Star Weekend. You want to go with me, John? Yeah, sure. Do you really? No. Oh. <laughs> Well, it's, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. You know, uh, we do TGIF with IP every Friday and uh, going to be uh, covering him uh, during the uh, HBCU class. They're the defending CIAA champs. Uh, you know, folks already know because they've already heard him, uh, you know, TGIF with IP earlier today. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm uh, flying out. Uh, I appreciate you guys coming up here to Paul's house and to do the show sh- or to do the uh, birthday game today, too. That was I really hey, appreciated. OK, n- not a problem, Ryan. You know, we're we're invested. Yeah, you really are. Uh, did you have trouble finding the place, John? We just followed the trail of uh, of empty Pepto bottles, bro. <laughs> Ooh, too soon. <laughs> Literally, too soon. You put me on the spot. We don't prepare. That's what you yeah, get. That's what you get. Yeah. So anyway, so I'm going to be in Indianapolis all weekend. I'll be We're going to be burying on one of his snakes. He had a snake die of uh, reptile dysfunction. Really? Yeah. But well, what happened if you don't mind me asking? <clears throat> snake mites. Snake mites, not yeah. snake bites, mm-hmm. but snake mites. mites. Yeah, okay. they they this snake wasn't properly quarantined. And uh, apparently, I had mites before I purchased it. When you say, is that like little it, tiny? Yeah, tiny little black pinhead-sized insects that go up under the scales of a of a snake, mm-hmm. and uh, they uh, they're, they're a parasite. They they suck on the blood, and uh, eventually, they wear the snake down. Um, see, uh, the joke I told at the beginning, my parents. I uh, went to see um, your buddies in Goldsboro. Um, the Malpas Brothers. The Malpas Brothers. And I, I stole a joke from them. I said his snake died of uh, reptile dysfunction. And you, <laughs> oh, now he gets it. Okay. That's funny. Reptile dysfunction. I like Copyright it. Um, Malpas Brothers. Okay. There you go. Wait a minute. Now tell me. How much clearer is life for you right now? It's Nobody good. knows it, what it, you're talking about, Brian. It, it'll be oh, great until my radio. two-year-old gets a hold of my glasses again. I just cleaned his glasses. Yeah. Dude, that's good radio. This is a the best. microfiber. Yep, yep, yep. I love it. I love it. Uh, what about you over there, Dizzle? My Dizzle. What are you doing this weekend? As little as possible, Brian. Little as possible. No music stuff this weekend. Oh, there's always that, but I figure people get tired of hearing that answer. Why would they we get do. tired of it? <laughs> Speak for yourself. I think it's pretty interesting, dude. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's music stuff going on. I'm just you know we we're waiting for uh, there was a within the band there was a death in the family, so things have to kind of yeah go in limbo for a few weeks. And I can appreciate that. Got like another week of limbo in there. Well, uh, dude, I'm sorry about your snake. I really am. Sincerely, dude, I know what they mean to you, dude. It happens. How long had you had it? Not that long, but I will say this: I told I told Summer this. Uh, if I could pick one that it would happen to, that was the one. It's not that I wanted it to die. It was just. But if you had, it'd be like if you had three kids and the kid that you liked the least. The wrong son died. Yeah. (laughs) If one of your kids had to die, that would be the one you would pick, right? Yeah. I mean, ideally in a perfect world, it wouldn't happen to any of the snakes. But on a scale of one to (laughs) ten. Scale. Oh, ah, I get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Okay. I'm working here. Keep up. Yeah, I'm trying. But it was it was the only one I couldn't really handle with any regularity. It was a little defensive, but now I know why. Yeah. 
Because um, wow. it, it was in constant agony from, from that stuff. And that, that that's what bothers me is I didn't catch it. And yeah, it's kind of on me. Sincerely, I'm sorry. I know you are too, Dizzle. I don't, I don't like people's pets to die. Yeah. No, I agree. Absolutely, dude. Unless okay. it's a cat. <laughs> dude, <laughs> I got the sweetest cats, man. And uh, when you came in earlier. The, Those uh, things would run Anton LaVey up a tree. Those things are evil. Anton LaVey was the head of the satanic church. You know you've got his baseball card. <laughs> I took a nap this past Monday, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I took a nap this past Monday, okay? And yeah, I had yeah. Stormy. I was laying on my side. I had Stormy like in the crook of my leg. And then I had Tony, you know, Tony Bennett, the kitty cat. Uh, yeah, Tony, clarify that. <laughs> I had Tony uh, laying against my arm, so I couldn't move because I didn't want to wake either one of them up. They were so cute and sweet. Get a dog. Oh, man, I can't do that. We talked about get that. Get a rabbit or something. I'm just gonna get, I'm gonna get one and just I'm just gonna leave it here. I'm gonna walk in the you're house. You're gonna walk in. I'm gonna get when you're in Indiana. Oh no, dear lord. We're gonna pretend it's not now. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna <laughs> I'm gonna get a dog. Unlock the house. I'm going to put a bunch of food out there. Just a newspaper. You get back, you're just going to be a dog here. <laughs> if you want to throw it out in the street, you do it. No, I'm going to take it back to a Bucklesbury. I'll and, shoot uh, you in the face. <laughs> God. That seems a little excessive. I don't play. Look, and we, we were planning on being here while you were gone anyway. What? Hey. Yeah, we, we, we've seen a couple of things. We've. We don't think you'll miss them. You know, just <laughs> a couple of jerseys that eBay might want. Uh, you can't, as long as you don't take my Antonio Pearl Hardy campaign shirt, I'll be fine, okay? For some reason, I think that's safe. <laughs> I love that shirt, man. He gives me peace, man, when I'm sitting here working during the day and I'll look up and I see that smile and I'm like, Pearl's got my back, man. That's you right. think I'm joking. You're over there looking like I'm doing a bit, dude. I'm being dead serious, man. I love that shirt, dude. In fact, I think we need, you know, I've been thinking about I'm still mad I had to cut out my joke about this cardboard cutout from two weeks ago. One of the best jokes I've made on this show. Well, he was on the show on Tuesday. Did you hear that show? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah he was good. He was really good. But uh, but I'm thinking about we ought to get us some, uh, the next set of shirts that we do, us with our heads like that. Mine in the middle and your two on either side, so it looks like, uh, you know, we're one of those uh, creatures that have three heads, you know? Sure. Well, I think we talked about this within the last week. For you know, a billboard, you, yeah. And then uh, John would be the good angel and I would be the devil. Yeah. Would you do that? I, it was my idea. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Jonathan? I think that's the billboard. You know where I want my billboard to? And I don't even know if I should In say this. In front of your house. Saying, no, 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 no. Because I know exactly where I want it, and I think it's available. And But I'm scared if I say it here on the show, somebody, you know, there are mean people in Kinston that try to do everything they can to undermine you. You know who I'm talking about. You know, we've got those buttholes here in town. And I have a feeling that uh, this person might try to steal my billboard. What you should location. say is pick a location you don't want. <gasps> oh, yeah. Hey, you know where all those uh, billboards are as you're coming into Lenore County on 70 Bypass? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want it out there. Smooth. (laughs) Very smooth. Okay. They won't see it coming, though. They won't. No, they won't, for sure. Okay. Uh, Jonathan Massey, you won yesterday. Your third day in a row of winning. You now trail six days to five. Tell us about Goeco's technology service provider. Well, Goeco technology service providers, they, uh, they're they not a company that needs billboards because their products speak for themselves. They do have billboards, they, But they don't need them, Brian. Oh, okay. Because their products speak for themselves, and, and the and the technology service provider-ing that they offer Ooh. is, uh, hey, look. I love it. No, that was good. Uh, no, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Please continue. We're working on what we got. Um, it, it's, it's unparalleled in the 
office automation and technology service providing game. They're just a a fantastic company that that want to see their clients succeed. Mm -hmm. And if you want somebody on your side that is going to have your back and make sure your business is successful, you need to give Jacques and his crew a call at 252-256-286-5354. Or you can visit their website at goeconc.com. What is goeco.com or bucklesberry.com? Dude, Dude. I got to tell and I know I'm getting off whatever, and you're going to get on me or whatever, dude. Uh uh, John Dawson. Well, but that dude, clears I, that up. <laughs> dude, you've drank almost a whole liter of water. I mean, like in the last hour. I'm very impressed. That's well, good water. It is good water, but I'm just, uh, dude, I'm very impressed. Yes. Uh, hey, we've got a couple of musicians here to start our uh, birthday game here today on Friday, February the 16th. He was born Abel McConnell, Tesfe, but we know him better as... And I, yeah, I know you mock it every year, but I love well, this. This is song. the ripoff of Take On Me by Aha. It sort of is. Just yeah. the, it's the weekend. <laughs> Just the weekend. That's what I say too, man. The weekend. Because there's no. It's like they didn't have enough. They didn't buy enough vowels. He couldn't. He, he's even singing it like the guy from Aha. I like it, man. I do too. Yeah. I liked it the first time oh. when it was Aha. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> this is Blinding Lights by The Weekend. Is this the thing where he was walking around like he didn't know where he was going? Yeah, and they did it during the Super Bowl. Remember, he was a halftime Super Bowl. You know, I don't think that I, year. I don't know when the last time I watched the actual take halftime, which I didn't watch the game at all this year. But. Me, take on me, take me on. Hold on. Blinded by the lights. I love this song, man. I play this at games all the time. When I play Green Roses, I'll play uh, The Weeknd. Are you ever going to play another song by us? If you make another one as good as that one, I'll play it. That's like one of our most unpopular songs of all time. How is that even possible? When the new album comes out, you've got to play something off the new album. I will. And I'll even say, check out this new album by John Dawson and the Power Station. What? <laughs> I don't know. What is third of Never. Oh, yeah. By John Dawson and Third of Never. I'm sorry. Weren't you in a band named Power Station? That was the guys from Duran Duran. <laughs> Some like it hot. <laughs> this is fantastic. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, the Weekend Power over Station there. album came out in the mid-80s when I was 12. Really? <laughs> Okay. This is awesome. <laughs> Robert Palmer was the lead singer. I yeah, bet Andy Taylor was in it too, right? And John Taylor. Wow. Jonathan right. Massey. I'm pretty sure he's a year younger than me, or we give or take. So I'm going to say he's turning 34 this year. Congratulations, Jonathan Massey. <laughs> you get that. Uh, yes, he is. He was born February 16th, 1990. <laughs> so he's 34 today. You take a one to nothing lead. Let's get our next uh, musician up here. You're going to like yes, I promise. I like that. He should just be wearing an AHA t-shirt with an arrow pointed to it while he's singing it. I don't even have a problem with that, dude. It's a good song. It's a good song. Here we go. Uh... That's Duran Duran, who half of his members were in the power station. Okay. Really? Yes. Okay. Well, today's Andy Taylor's birthday. 
from Duran Duran and Power Station. I think he's messing with us, but he's I'm not 100% with sure. He's guys from Duran Duran this week. <laughs> and and, and uh, frightening. <laughs> Those uh, are good. Today's Andy Taylor's birthday. Can you, uh, you want to give us a guess on that? Oh, oh. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> I should lend a helping hand. I listened to oh, their, whoa. they released an album in October, and I was just listening to it this weekend, as a matter of fact. This weekend? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Very well done there, Jonathan Massey. Andy Taylor, how old is he today? 62. This is my favorite Duran Duran song. Uh, no, he's not 62. This is my favorite Duran Duran song, though. I love that's, the replay. That's, that's, that's hard. What's wrong? You don't like this? I do, but there's no way that's their best song. I didn't say that it was their best. I said it was my favorite. Over Save a Prayer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and Come Undone and Ooh, yeah, Ordinary World. Right. Yeah. Schmuck. Two good songs. Hey. <laughs> All right, turn that down. It's too loud. Oh. Okay, sorry. Uh, Andy Taylor, he said 62. What do you say, Jonathan Massey? 63. <laughs> he was born February the 16th in the year of the Lord, 1961. He is indeed 63 years old. Congratulations, Jonathan Massey. Can we leave this plane underneath here? <laughs> I'm going to take that as a no. Okay. Uh, you heard from bird dogging. <laughs> You lead uh, two to nothing, Jonathan Massey. You got a chance to uh, win it right here. He was part of Reading Rainbow for a quarter century, but I know him best as Jordy LaForge on Star Trek The Next Generation. It's LeVar Burton. Love LeVar Burton, man. He's awesome, isn't he? He's very cool. I loved him on Reading Rainbow, especially when my kids were of that age. Yeah. yeah. Did you watch him growing up? Oh, of course. Yeah. Weirdly enough, not on Reading Rainbow, but on Star, Star Trek, Trek Next yeah. Generation. Yeah. I liked his little eye thing, you know, his little eye bar the little, there. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was cool. I always wanted one of those. I would take uh, <laughs> anyway. aluminum foil and a hair clip and pretend to no, be No, but, but a hair clip and put it over my eyes and, you know, and, and act like I was Jordy. How old were you when you did that? Into my 20s. <laughs> so, uh, anyway... Uh, as if he still doesn't do it. Yeah, yeah there you go. Uh, LeVar Burton over there, Jonathan Massey. 76. You say 76. What do you say, John Dawson? 75. You're closer. He was born February 16th, 1957, so he's only 67 today. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. so there you go. You're back in the game over there, John Dawson. For now. You only, <laughs> you only trail two to one. Yeah, this is one that's going to knock him out, though. She's a younger sister of Mary Kate and Ashley, but she's made a solid career for herself <clears throat> as Wanda Maximoff in the MCU. It's Elizabeth Olsen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, do you want me to do it? Oh, please. Dude, I can't do it. Uh, she's ah! <laughs> you almost got me. I'm, well, I'm, I meant was was she old enough for that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh gosh. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, dude, Mary, she's the younger sister of Mary Kate and Ashley, and they're of a certain age. Yeah, they're of a certain age. So, yeah, it's your turn to guess. How old is Elizabeth Olsen today? There, uh, John Dawson. Twenty-six. You say twenty-six, Jonathan Massey. Well, considering she was born in the same year as one Jonathan Massey, she's 35. Was she really born the same year she as She was born in 1989. Indeed, she was on this date in 1989, John Dawson, February the 16th. She is indeed 35 years old. You've already clinched the day. Man, it is now all tied up. Six days. So you led six days to two, John Dawson. You were just cruising right along. And now you've let him come back and tie it up four straight days. Why, John? Why? 
I got tired of the droopy eyes. <laughs> the droopy eyes. Oh, that reminds me of that disease I'm scared of. What's it called? Bell's palsy. Bell's palsy. No, Bell's palsy. There you go. Hey, we've got a uh, dead person uh, whose birthday is today. <laughs> While we're young. Sonny Bono? How'd you know when he said, I want to say it for share? This is Laugh at Me by Sonny Bono, who died in a skating crash in 1998. Skiing. Skiing crash. What did I say? Skating. In my head, I said skiing. I said skiing. Y'all are just messing with me. Massey, back me up here. You said skating. I'm not, I, I promise. This is better because you usually get him confused with uh, John Denver. Yeah, I do. Well, Sonny Bono, today is, uh, would be his birthday. Like I said, though, he died in 1998. Uh, Jonathan Massey, what's your guess? 87. You say 87. What do you say, John Dawson? 88. You are closer. He was born February 16th, 1935. So he would be 89 today if he hadn't died in a skiing accident in uh, 1998. So uh, you win today, John Jonathan Massey. It's tied 6 to 6 going into next week. We're going to have an exciting birthday game finish again. This is awesome. Uh, hey, uh, rest in peace to birthday George Graham, former uh, mm. county commissioner and uh, state uh, legislator who uh, I got to tell you, man, and I, I didn't know him that well, but and you, I know you appreciate this too from your time being a reporter, John Dawson. He never, he, he let me say this right, he always returned a call. Mm-hmm. If you didn't get him on the phone, it didn't matter. And we asked him some tough questions during the years. I asked through. him one where there was like a 20-second silence before he answered it, but he did answer it. Yep. Yeah. There's something to be, but there's something to be said for that, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, but I always, I always admired him. He was a good guy. George Graham, today is his birthday. So, if today is uh, your birthday, like George Graham, Sonny Bono. Look out for that tree. Then have a great birthday. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday on the birthday game presented by GoEco Technology Service Provider. Dear Lord. Hey, uh, listen, what a great way to finish up the week. Up here hanging out with... I, with, with my grandbaby, I can call him my grandbaby, right? Absolutely. Absolutely, man. He has entertained us thoroughly. Dude, the little thing where you pick him up by his back feet and his hands and you throw <laughs> him up in the air, I'm not going to lie to you. It scares me a little bit. It stresses okay, Sam Paul. out a lot. She does not like it, but <laughs> he loves it, so we'll keep doing it. Okay, well, he does. He seems to love it, that's for sure. But listen, dude. Thank you so much uh, as we're here in our final 90 seconds or yeah. so. I appreciate you uh, letting me uh, come up here and do the show from up here. And uh, Dude, handling the uh, the monster or the uh, most of the uh, Alex Hayden interview, dude, might as well have the guy who knows NASCAR ask the NASCAR questions, you know? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, the... The whole first hour, nothing but a monologue. It love, was. Love that. I don't even know how I'm going to promote that because, I mean, <laughs> uh, we did. I'm struggling to think, what did we talk about in the first hour? Everything. Everything. <laughs> it was awesome, man. So, anyway, listen, I want to thank, again, Paul Whittington, dude. Thank you so much for letting me use your uh, incredible man cave here. This was awesome. Uh, to TGIF with IP, uh, Isaac Parson uh, to kick off our second hour here. 
And then the great Alex Hayden, man, it, they don't make him any better than him, do they? They really don't. He's one of the good guys, no doubt about it. Absolutely. Listen, follow me on Facebook. Follow the page, uh, show page on Facebook. On Twitter, I'll be uh, tweeting and Facebooking and social media-ing uh, while <laughs> – I guess that's a word – while I'm uh, uh, in Indianapolis this weekend. Uh, man, just a great week, man. Great week of guests. Thank you again, Paul. Thank you to our great guests all week long. We'll see you on Monday on the uh, Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College. Bye for now. <laughs> Bye, Levi.